0: Let's turn now. We're in the law. Let's turn to the Bible together. Jesus says that in Matthew 5, verse 17, Do not think that I came to abolish the law, do not come to abolish it, but to fulfill. So therefore, we take the law as Jesus' words. In Hebrew, actually, it's called, the, the Ten Commandments are called the Ten Words. The Ten Words. How does Christ tell us we should listen to His words? Please read it to me. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Amen. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. As we go into this, I want, to, I want to begin by some exegetical observations to guide us in hearing the word. Sometimes I like to do it before, sometimes after, sometimes during the reading. The law, the law, it was observed many, many generations ago, is divided into two tablets or parts. Two parts. And the first four four commands compose a vertical part. They describe primarily you and I in a relationship to God. Jesus observed this when he was asked, What is the first and greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, as summed summed up in Deuteronomy chapter 6. In Deuteronomy 5, these Ten Commandments were repeated, in fact. It's all part of one whole. What's the second greatest command? Does anybody remember from Leviticus 19.18? Love your neighbor as yourself. So the second tablet, the second part of the law, springs from the first, and it's horizontal. It has to do with how Gina's supposed to love Frankie, how I'm supposed to love Timothy, how we're supposed to love the bums on the street, or we're supposed to love Trump, or anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. It's all the horizontal relationships of our lives. Do you see how these are joined? They can't really be separated, can they? But, they're, but they are two tablets. So we're going to look at commandment number four. All right, this is kind of funny and it's a little embarrassing. Um, I get the order of the commandments mixed up in my head sometimes. So I spent the whole week preparing for a commandment remember the sabbath day as if it was the third commandment but it's actually not it's the fourth and i feel kind of stupid and uh but <laughs> it's funny i know i noticed you pick songs in light of the third commandment i unfortunately as your pastor don't know the law from a hole in the wall apparently so um i i have messed up so i prepared the wrong message today is that okay if you want to leave if you want you can go Like i want to i came here to hear something else chris <laughs> i'm out of here <laughs> So, we're listening, we're going to the commandment number four, remember the Sabbath day, remember. And now I'm going to give you a few observations about the actual language of the commandment, then we're going to read the first tablet, just the first, the first four commandments. Remember, remember, uh, called mind. And in Hebrew, please remember this, uh, remember this. It's not a mental memory exercise. That is, a Hebrew doesn't understand, and the Hebrew culture doesn't understand uh, the idea of something just being in your head, that doesn't make any sense. It has to result in action. There, it has to, it's kinetic, it's, it's, not, it's dynamic, it's not static. Well, I remember, yeah, it's not, it's, no, 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 no. It doesn't have that force. And then Sabbath. Does anybody happen to know what the word sabbat, you've heard of shabbat, or sabbath, in the, in the, in the Jewish tradition, uh, keeping sabbath? Does anybody know what Sabbath means? Right, this is an appropriate use of it. Sum off! Anybody figure out what it means now? Stop! <laughs> That's, all mean. That's all it means. Stop! We can sum up this entire message and all this command. The big red, red sign that you've all seen more times than you can remember. Stop! Stop! Remember to stop! Oh, that's what we're going to export it. Then, interestingly enough, this command, which is so vertical, so God-honoring, so focused, has a horizontal application immediately. You're supposed to give a stop to who? Everybody you know. Everyone you know is supposed to hear a stop from you. One further observation. This is the only, this, this is, uh, two more observations. The second one is positive, just like honor your fa- father and mother. The next one, it's positive. It's not negative. It doesn't have a not in it. It does, well, yeah, there's a, there's a prohibition in it, but it doesn't, it doesn't have the force of the other ones. But there's another thing about it, and that is it's the only command that has two reasons. The Ten Commandments change from Exodus 20 here to when they're restated again, at the end of the uh, wilderness wanderings, in Deuteronomy 5, and the reasons changed. Odd, isn't it? Remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy, changes. The reason given originally, we'll speak today, is six days the Lord made heaven and earth and all that in them is, and it rested on the seventh day, wherefore you hallow the Sabbath day. I remember the King James Version, so, the old versions. Uh, it's, It's a creation mandate, but then in Deuteronomy 5, he says... For remember, I took you out of Egypt with an outstretched arm. Redemption, All right, let's read. Let's read this in. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son, or your daughter, or your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in it, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Here's the end of the first tablet of the law. Let me cry out to God. Father, speak to us. Father, Father, show us Jesus. Father, give us the Holy Spirit. Remember the sins of the one who speaks, for there are so many. Remember the sins of all of us who are here. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, this is a three-point sermon. Always the best kind, aren't they? A three-point sermon that uh, rests, stop, stop, stop. Has anybody ever struggled with insomnia, by the way? Insomnia? I have, as I've gotten older especially. If you really, really hate somebody, curse them with no rest. Seriously. There's something about when you can't sleep, and it goes to the second day, and the third day, and you're like, and you, we crave rest. (laughs) we need we must have. But you know, it's a studies, you'll die. You'll die if you don't sleep. We crave, we work for rest. (laughs) We're always, I mean, many of us are working just for vacation anyway. Or work. Everybody's working for the weekend. Wasn't that a song? And uh, and so this idea we're always like moving to rest, right? That's the place we want to go. We really want to curse somebody. I mean, you hate their guts. Pray they have no rest. The worst thing God says in the Bible is, I swore an oath in my wrath. They shall never enter my rest. Hebrews 4 quotes that from the Old Testament. What is the rest? The stop. The the sweet stop. Let's call it the sweet stop. The sweet stop. The sweet stop. What is it? One, it is a sign. Two, it is a command. And three, it is a gift. We're going to look at that as three, this, three truths. And then I'm going to try to unpack what we can do. How do we apply this? First, it's a sign. And the thing I want us to see here is that this command, this sabbat, this sabbat stop. Let's uh, so all make a stop sign here if I can. A hexagon. And then, um, right? It's a hexagon, yeah. Alright, huh? did I make an eight? Is it an eight, really? Man, I'll tell you, I, it's really sad. I don't know, maybe, I may have just lost all of y'all's respect now. I don't know anything. It, it, Brittany walked out, she couldn't stand. Alright, so the, the Shabbat comes into, into history and time. In Exodus 16, they already are observing a Sabbath, so there's some uh, odd uh, knowledge of a seven-day cycle. Actually, in the Babylonian record, there's actually there's a record of seven days, and if you divide the year up into 52, like the way the lunar cycles and everything go, it lends itself to these seven-day cycles. So they're fairly well known across culturally. But in the Sabbath that's given here, it goes backwards here, and it as a sign from Exodus 20, it goes back and it says, look, and it's point of the idea, it says it's a sign to you, and what does it mean a signpost? Like something always in front of you. Has anybody ever? Uh, z- oh, I found this really cool program where you can get texts sent to you uh, at a certain time and a certain day in the future. I love this, you know, I, and I'll put up little notes to myself and I'll send myself texts. And he goes, it's a good way for, me. remember, it's like, it bring something to mind. And the idea is, one day in seven, you're getting a little signpost in front of you. Uh, it's like a weekly uh, sitcom. You know, like every week you get a new episode of, Cheers. Nobody watches Cheers. <laughs> a Big Bang Theory. Yeah, it's all like, <laughs> ideas. You're constantly getting it, right. You're constantly so putting it out, and that, that sign then is a re, it constantly brings back how is the world made and whose world is it? It's just like you get it. It's like how is the world made and whose world is it? How is the world made and whose world is it? Because we what do we do? We forget. We think it's our world and we made it. Or, and we think we're born out of chance or happenstance or. Darwinism. So, we look back. But this creation, so it's called a creation. Some people call it a creation mandate and stuff like that. But then, uh, interestingly, the second one is a redemptive perspective. It points forward. Talking about God as a redeemer. It's a sign. So it's a sign to both ways. You see, it points you back to creation. But it also points them forward to redemption. And, 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 and in this beautiful way, it becomes a sign reminding you. Not only did God make it, but he's saving it. He's rescuing it. And again and again, come back to you. Remember. Remember. And Christ is, Christ is called Lord of. He calls himself Lord of. I The Son of Man is even Lord of. The Sabbath. The Redeemer. And so, there's this wonder. Can you guys see the board? I don't know if it helps or not, but... Uh, but... So it has this forward pointing as a signpost, it's directing you constantly back and forth. And this is its beauty and its mnemonic power. And so, that's the first way we would understand it as a sign. By the way, it becomes a Meta, a Miley micro sign. It's a little sub point. It's a micro sign, weekly, in your schedule. It's also a Meta sign. What do I mean by Meta? All right. Do you know what they're supposed to do every seven years in the Old Testament? Have a Sabbath year. You gave up. You wouldn't plow your fields. You were to give a rest in the seventh year. And do you know what you're supposed to do every seven of seven years? If there were seven, seven years in the 49th year, on the 50th year, actually. Jubilee. Jubilee was the word. Have you ever heard of Jubilee? Like, that was a word we used in Boy Scouts. Describe this big, 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 big celebration. All the slaves would be all debts canceled. All slaves restored, all land back to its original owners. Complete rest. Do you know how many times, how often, the people of Israel obeyed with love this sign that was supposed to point them redemptively and back to creation? How many times they observed the years? How many times they did the Jubilee? The number of times they neglected determined the number of years they were in exile in Babylon. But more on that at another time. It is a sign. Second, it is a command. And let's not miss this. It has the force of a command. It is the force of like a... Of a um, and it has to all the force of what Christ even says. Does anybody remember how Christ says at the very end when he makes the table? What does he say? Do this in remembrance of me. And by the way, his language was meant to tickle the ear of a good Jew who go remember. What else am I supposed to remember? This happened day. And so it's beautiful, but it has the force of a command. Uh, don't, 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 don't sort, don't sell this short. Don't sell this short. Numbers 15, do not sell this short. I mean, he had to get the sticks. I mean, it's probably cold that day. and Bundling sticks. Uh, uh, anybody like building fire? Uh, I love building fire. I mean, that's You know, it's it's fun bundle the sticks. If you bundle the sticks, you got to carry him. You carry one under your arm. He bundles the sticks, he carries one under his arm. Somebody sees him and says, you're doing this on a stock day. Because really, you probably bundle sticks every day when you're living out in the tent, out in the wilderness, right? Does anybody remember what God says there's to do with the man who bundled his sticks On the stop day, on the Sabbath day. Take him out of the camp. Throw stones at him until he is dead. And has the vivid force of a command. A command not only just for you, but for everybody you know. Although I noticed that your wife's not mentioned in there. So maybe your wife can work. I think it just says you... You're, I'm sorry, 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 moms. That was just a little. That was a little joke for the moms. But anyway, uh, you or your son or your daughter, and I think there are plenty of mothers who would say that's exactly what it's like in my family. But anyway, it has this enormous force and impact. So enormous, so enormous that the Mishnah takes 39 chapters just to describe work. So you can keep it sound. And the Mishnah was a part of the Jewish law and its oral tradition. And it was so extensive, I mean, it had a force of a command. And uh, vivid. And it's it's one of the ten. It has a moral weight, which isn't that odd. Like if I were to smack deep back in the head right now, that would be a questionable moral act. Questionable moral act, maybe justified. But it's still questionable, right? If I observe one day in seven, where's the moral, intrinsic moral weight of it? Seriously, where is it? What's its intrinsic moral value? It's a sign of redemption and creation. And it has all that holy power of revealing God as creator and lover. Now, uh, we're going to take a look more at that. So it has all the force of a command. Finally, it is a gift. As we we were looking at earlier, I have notes in here somewhere about this. As we were looking at earlier, um, uh, it is a gift from God, and it's for others. Uh, The reason I think this is a gift, and the reason I want to focus on this word gift here, um, does anybody remember Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9? Some of the best words ever written in the Bible. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It is by grace you are saved, through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. It's a gift. It was meant to be a treasure. Six days, you'll have to, we all got to work. Oh, but God doesn't have merely in view that we must labor and work. What does he have in view? Like a tender father, like a tender, a tender God. He's in view, a, a, a rest. A culminating rest. It's the end of the week, right? It's the last day. It's a culmination of everything. A promise of rest. Relaxation. Stop, says the Lord. Um, we, we applaud busyness deeply in our generation, don't we? We, do, we applaud busyness. We applaud it, and we celebrate it, and we praise it. One of the greatest temptations of, of, as a pastor is to look busy. And unfortunately, praying doesn't look all that busy, <laughs> right? And so I, I sometimes will feel this pressure to validate myself. And we all do it. We all like, I work. Look how much I work. What if it, what if it got the opposite? I rest Look how much I rest. I'm so glad my sons couldn't hear this sermon today, because I'm sure that would get quoted back to me by my younger boy, Ian. Dad, look how much I rest. Anyway, to be a people who are highly motivated and highly charged to work, but to be a people then who rest and boast about that, because it's a gift. Even the scripture says in the Psalms, one of the poets says beautifully that, What is sleep but a gift from God? Rest. Sweet, sweet, loving. Stop. Okay. Now, having covered the the bases on the the points of this message and kind of putting before you the force of the Shabbat, and and having talked about it textually. I drove, I drove us towards Mark, um, actually Mark 2, Christ is Lord of the Sabbath, etc. What? So what? So what, Chris? So what? I'm ready to get out of here already. <laughs> I'm ready to go chill. I'm ready to go to the park. Why do I even go to church then? Because I remember as a kid, uh, I came from a very strict Sabbatarian upbringing in the church we found ourselves in after my parents became Christians. And I remember that Sabbath meant you began with God and you ended with God. And you're supposed to spend the whole day thinking about God. And I remember like, I hate, I hate Sundays. It's so boring. Right? So what? Remember every week I want to take a command and I want to cut you and then heal you? I mean, that's what the Bible wants to do. It wants to cut you and then heal you. First thing I want to do is heal you and then cut you. It's a little different. How do you keep this command, really? How do you remember the Sabbath? And I've already given you a clue. How does Christ institute the supper? Do this in remembrance of me. How do you remember to stop? <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to get so much joy out of the first tab of the wall. Why? because it all points you to Jesus. Trust in him alone for your rescue and for your cleansing and for your hope and for your salvation. Stop! (laughs) Now, the reason I think this is so important, you know what bundle sticks guy gets killed for breaking the Sabbath and why the Sabbath becomes this beautiful totem of rest and justice and everything like that is because it was all meant to show and reveal that is by grace you were saved through faith, and that not, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Jesus came so that we could stop. <laughs> because so many of us are caught up in performance, are caught up in delivering goodness to God for His love. And what God is saying is stop. <laughs> I've given you Jesus. Stop it. How do we keep the law? We trust in Jesus for all of our rescue and all of our salvation. Beginning to end. I mean, that's why, you know what's interesting? It's, it's someone, we started the call to worship Psalm 119. There's a, this, this whole song. This poet just keeps talking about, I run in the path of your commands for you have set my heart free. Now do you get why commands can set your heart free? Because the commands all take you back to who? Jesus and his work. Jesus and his love. Jesus and his rest. Jesus and his saying to said, you no longer need to work for my approval. You no longer seek it as if it were something dependent upon your goodness or your righteousness or your, oh. Don't you hear the beginnings? <sighs> Of rest? I just, I was fond of saying when I first got in the ministry, and it was misunderstood, so I stopped saying it. I'll say it today. I don't have time to be righteous for you. I don't have time to be holy for you. What did I mean when I said that? The reason I said it was because I found the only reason I was being holy was just for other people. so what they'd see. Does anybody feel like, sometimes Christianity feels like slavery? (laughs) Beating you over the head? Remember his sweet rest. Look, I get a whole vision of what a Sabbath people look like here. (laughs) It gets exciting. It gets exciting. Oh, but now we can clue in. So the Mishnah had 39 different, 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 and I grew up, I grew up in a strict Sabbath. You know, you, you didn't go to, out to restaurants and all these And I respect all that. I respect the people who do that. I mean, that's their conviction. And I think we need to be tolerant of people who have greater conviction than ours in, this thing, in these things. But what had happened was, even as I was keeping, I wasn't finding rest. You know, it was like a burden to me. It was not even a lackluster joy of, and a burden to have to do all this stuff. And, but I was, I missed it. So if you. I want, to, I want to encourage you, if you don't find freedom in Jesus and freedom in the church and freedom in worship and freedom in this, you're, you're missing at a very core level sometimes. What? Stop, says Jesus. Stop. Remember my wrath. Have you ever there's always one, and I'm not picking on anybody here if, if it's you, but there's always one. that There's always somebody at the potluck, some mom who, who messes the casserole up and just won't stop talking about it. You know what I'm talking about? I can't. Oh, I ruined it. It's terrible. Everybody's eating it and likes it. but they're, Oh, it's just. And what, what, what's, what's, what's going on there? What's, what's, that, what's that a picture of? A living perfectionism. Some of you are very driven to be perfect. You know what God's rest means? You are not perfectible. And neither is your mom, neither is your husband, neither is your wife, neither are your kids. You are not perfectible. So stop it. Stop! Stop! <laughs> Because when we caught up in that perfection, and, and by the way, when, when she complains about her casserole, or somebody complains, or I do it about my preacher, whatever you want to do, it just, everybody kind of feels like, oh gosh, and you keep telling her how good the casserole It doesn't matter, she's just so upset, and doesn't, it really, everybody, you notice how everybody's caught up in a lack of rest in this text? Like, when you don't rest, and if you won't rest, guess what, nobody around you can rest. Nobody around you can participate in any joy or freedom or or, or grace because they. Are, what do they feel when they're around you? Oh yeah, And there's a desire here, and there's a joy here of us actually setting each other at rest. <laughs> this is this command opens up doors to us, but it also closes some. Some uh, if you go off the 9th Street exit, go on the 9th Street exit, right off of. Uh, when uh, 101 like, spins over towards Octavia, Octavia, or eight, whatever it is right there. There's a sign right there. And it says, greencross.org. And it's a picture of a cross with a little pot leaf in it, right? So my first, my first application of this is you need to seek rest and peace in Jesus. And you need to stop what? Stop trying to find rest, like real rest other places. What are they promising in a a pot leaf in a cross? Peace. Peace, bro. Peace. As a child. As a child, I loved. I didn't even know about it, but I loved pot. You know why? This is before my parents became Christians. I didn't have it, I never smoked it or anything. Because it made my parents what? Rest. But what's the problem with that rest? I'm not saying, look, there's, there's rest in wine. There's rest in vacation. There's rest in pot for many people. There's rest in opiates. There's rest in, And some of these rests are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them... I'm not here to judge your rests. But what? What's the problem? You're trying to find Jesus. When you try to find Jesus in that, you try to find real rest from that perfectionist streak. I admonish you before the Lord. Stop, give up your... Every attempt at rest outside of him is doomed. It's all, it all gives up the sign. It all ignores the command. It all refuses the gift, you see. In addition, stop treating Sunday as a holiday. It's not just a day for you to chill out. Now, look, there's a lot of ironic things that happen here. In the very command designed to give you rest... What did the Jewish uh, Talmudic people do? They made it the worst burden in the whole law. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? We do this all the time. Uh, uh, my son's girlfriend's stepdad, I think my son's girlfriend's stepdad, uh, Jan, was, uh, was riding a bicycle on a Sunday in Holland. Very Dutch, Dutch reformed, very, very strict, Sabbatarians, And he was riding his bicycle down the street on a Sunday and kids started throwing stones at him why is breaking the sabbath huh i don't want to be caught up in those rules but i don't want to be either very caught up in ignoring and forgetting the sabbath why is sunday why is you think i try to get you to come to worship because it makes my numbers look better all right all right all right all right look all right I'll tell you the truth, of course it does. But but that's not not why. And because my heart's divided there, what do I want to tell you? Remember. You see, we we need that cyclical signpost, Remember, remember. This is a promise, perfect rest is coming and beautiful rest has been given. Sweet, loving rest is now and to come and we're in it and we're tasting it and we need to remember it. And if you ignore the worship of God on his Sabbath day, and it's like, because there's still a Sabbath rest for the people of God. It says that in Hebrews, and if you continue to ignore it, at your peril, you you in a sense despise what you have ignored the sign, rejected the commands, and refused the gift. I don't need your rest, really. So it says that God made the earth and heavens in six days, and He rested on the seventh day. And every time you have labored and worked and pushed, either to be pleasing to God. Or to push your schedule to the max. What have you said? You know what? I'm greater than God. Greater than the cycles. Greater than his pattern. You not only reject his holiness, you reject his love. Keep Sunday holy. And remember, again, Finally, what's it look like? (laughs) I had problems sleeping for you. I've always had problems sleeping. And there was a wonderful young man who uh, came to Christ in Atlanta, and uh, he was listening to me talk about it this one day, and he bought me a memory foam pillow. Anybody ever use one of these pillows? Oh, I love that pillow. I I love the way it cradles my neck. I love the tenderness of it. It's so sweet. Don't take my pillow from me. I picture, though, a vision for First Press. I picture what evangelism is supposed to be. Why are you good to go tell people about Jesus? Why? To obey this command, who are you to bring rest to? Everybody you know. Everybody in your sphere of influence is supposed to hear from you and deliver get delivered from you rest. And so many of us, we're afraid to talk confess our sins, we're afraid to talk to each other about our brokenness, we're afraid to become intimate friends. Why? Because we're so afraid people are not going to give us what we crave. What do you crave from other people? Rest. What do we intend to get? Criticism. Judgment. You haven't met the standards. If that's the church you want, go to another church. I want to be a Sabbath-keeping church. In the deepest way possible. What does it mean to be a Sabbath keeping church? A stop sign. It means for San Francisco, being a place of peace. And every time you haven't shared the gospel with somebody you know, what have you done? I'm supposed to go on sabbatical sometime soon, you know, at the end of this month. I need you to give me rest. I want to give you rest. It's part of how we love each other with Jesus and the gospel. I'm not saying there aren't hard truths to speak to each other. Have, Have any of you ever noticed that nobody ever comes to you and tells you what they're struggling with? Has anybody had that experience that nobody ever comes to you to tell you how broken they are? If nobody ever comes to you and tells you how broken they are and how they messed up, you should be, you should get alarmed. You know why? It means you're not a person of rest. A Sabbath people, oh God. Let's pray. Father teach us to remember to do this table in remembrance of you for those of us who had perfectionist standards and perfectionist criticisms we repent we did return from the father we're not perfectible help us to enter your rest for those of us who don't believe and in unbelief have just done whatever we pleased and are always looking for some holiday in uh, or some rest Maybe we'll make enough money someday to quit our job and be at rest. And it's always eluding us. Father, for those who are seeking just to get that rest, would you give it to them right now? Why not? I pray right now they would enter your rest. They would call out on your son's name, Lord of the Sabbath, the Lord of rest, the Lord of stop. For those of us, and this is me, Father, right now. I always remember like every Sunday morning, every sin of the whole week, like, and I have this idea that there's a tally board going all the time, some sort of tally board up in heaven, some sort of switchboard that lights up and all of my crimes, all of the things I didn't do, all the, all the harsh words or all the, all the loose talk, all that. And and it's always calibrating. And when you're doing that, I know for myself when I'm doing that all the time, there's no rest there. Help me to enter your rest. For those who are seeking it in wine and, and dancing and fun, well, Fauna, thank you for those things. They're really good, good things that we have for rest, but forgive us for making idols of them. I pray most of all that we would have a vision, that the vision would come true because of your love, that we would be a haven a place like a lounge chair, a memory foam pillow for San Francisco to lay down its weary head and be at rest. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.